Why is it the same repetitive mistakes continue to rob salespeople of more commission checks, regardless of industry, size of company, or region of the globe? These same inhibitors are holding us back from reaching our full potential. Amongst many industry awards, Ian Selby achieved the accolade of top salesperson in the world at Apple. And in this podcast, he will discuss the issues that sales professionals encounter from his own experiences, confessing to the problems he has endured and how he overcame them, giving the benefit of his wisdom to everyone listening who work in the world of sales. To help you, he will reveal strategies to overcome the issues hurting salespeople and helping you reach new levels of sales success. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins. With your host, Ian Selby. Welcome to Confessions of a Sales Pro. My very special guest this week is a woman by the name of Nicole Atias, CEO of Prospect to Win in Toronto, Ontario. Nicole has over 20 years of extensive business-to-business cold-calling experience. Her skills include prospecting, presentation skills uh, facilitation, and training. She delivers customized webinars, group and individual coaching programs to help you and or your team get in the door. Nicole represents different industry sectors, which include recruiting, office design, office furniture, cybersecurity, real estate, and so many, many more. Nicole has been interviewed on CHCH TV, CP24, and her articles have been published in the Toronto Sun, Real Estate Magazine, Canadian Consulting Engineer, and Canadian Business Franchise. Nicole has an honors in psychology from York University, a certificate in leadership from Seneca College. She has also completed her public speaking certificate from Toastmasters International. Nicole, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for taking the time. I know you're busy with all the things you've got going on and moving and shaking. And uh, so on behalf of the listeners, before we get started, just want to t- thank you for taking the time to, to be with us today and to share your wisdom and expertise. Uh, greatly appreciate it, Nicole. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so you, you, with your ex- 20 years experience, that's fantastic. Uh, and, and all of those accolades, congratulations on your success. That's, that's fantastic. I'm sure most of our listeners would, would like to have more of the, the, of the success you've been experiencing. And so let's start a little bit upside down, if you, if you don't mind. Like, what are some of the biggest mistakes salespeople make when cold calling? I mean, you've seen a lot of it. You teach the best way to do it. What are you typically going in and fixing? Well, you know, the very first thing is they don't know who to speak to. That's a big one. They don't know who to speak to. They sound so scripted. Um, they're not natural. And they just don't want to do it. And it shows. So, like, because doing the initial grunt work is always difficult, right? It's not the fun part of of sales. It gets fun when the conversations turn warm and there's some follow-up and there's some engagement, then it becomes, you know, a little more fun and interactive. But until that point, people often want to avoid that initial step. So avoidance is a big one and the fear of rejection is a big one. Right. You must run into that. I, I, and you're right. I love what you said, Nicole. It is a required part of a sales professional's job 
is to pick up the phone. There's a reason there's numbers on it. It's not for answering, it's for <laughs> calling out uh, and, and finding uh, the, the right people. So the who is a big one uh, in terms of the issues you've seen and the fear of it, like the avoidance of it. And you know, maybe I'll make some calls later this week. And you know, that maybe turns into next week or the week after or never happens, right? So it's, it's mm-hmm. one of these things that, uh, you know, and, and there's got to be a real science from turning a cold call, as you mentioned so well, into a warm call. That, 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 that can't be just, you know, the, the luck of the draw and who, you, who picks up the phone. There's got to be some, some underlying foundations there that I'm really curious to hear more about uh, for sure. I, I, a lot of salespeople, when they're calling, we, know, we both know this, um, yeah, they, they, they look at people like the receptionist or the executive assistant they look at them as the gatekeeper, the people that's mm-hmm. going to keep them away from getting through. Uh, and, and, you know, I've got my own school of thought on this. I'm sure I think you and I are, are in alignment with that, Nicole. How should salespeople speak to the frontline receptionist? What, what should their whole tone and approach be like? They should make them feel important, like they're part of the decision-making process, even if they're not even if they're not, because really when you're just calling for the very first time, you don't know the personality of that individual. You don't know anything about them. Um, you don't know if they're having a good day, a bad day, and you don't know what they've been told by upper management. You know, like these individuals sometimes are told to screen calls and those calls become a little bit more difficult and frustrating. But then there are a batch of those individuals who are not told to screen calls. And they can be so helpful. You don't know until you call them. Like, so treating them with respect and treating them like they're part of it. Yeah, you know, what do you think about this? I'd like to speak with so-and-so. This is what we do. And then get them involved, right? Because then they'll help you. Um, And, you know, going along that way is smart. Where the issue is, like I said before, is when they're told um, by upper management to screen, you know, who, why are you calling here? What is this about? They wouldn't say, why are you calling here? They'll just come out and say, what is this about in that tone? Right. And when you're dealing with individuals like that, you then have to say, okay, is there a, a different way to get in the door? Can I leave a message after hours? Is there a different way? Right. Can I, you know, send an email, right? That's what you need to do. And also, um, when they are speaking that way, you have to think, is this the type of, you know, company I really want to get into? How badly do I want to get into this um, firm? So, so you're not putting too much energy where you're getting a ton of resistance. You're putting more energy into the first batch I just mentioned that can work with you, that feel that they want to help you. And then you're not wasting all of your prospecting efforts with, closed off individuals right from the get-go love what you said if i could paraphrase save your fire for the real buyer right don't waste (laughs) your right don't waste all your energy you know getting a slow no i i would much rather get a quick no and move on to the next one instead of Mm -hmm. you know that eventual maybe that oh let us think about it we're not sure who's going to talk to you that's just uh time wasting and in sales we both know this all we really have is time. 
And, and so yes. how we spend it or invest it determines our performance in many, many ways. I also like what you said, Nicole, about helping the, that front line feel important by being respectful. Don't like treat them like they're, they're a block or a, a gatekeeper. You know, they can be very, very helpful for us, not just to get in, but for future follow-up as well. So you definitely want to be uh, gentle on the way in and respectful and uh, everyone's got a, a voice. Everyone's got an opinion. So it's important to, 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 to treat people that way, not, not the opposite, right? So great advice. Exactly. Very good advice. So, you know, with all the technology going on, I mean, and now there's Chad GDTP and, and, and there's AI and there's outsourcing mm-hmm. your cold calling. There's all kinds of different social, digital. There's all kinds of ways to, to per- percolate leads today that, that's out there and, and growing and got some trends and a bit of legs here, a bit of legs there. We, we see it around us everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I've got my own belief on this, and I, I know you do as well, and you're passionate about it, Nicole. Here's a question on behalf of all the listeners. Is cold calling dead? And if it's um, not, why not? I'd love to hear your feedback <laughs> on that. I was going to say absolutely not. Absolutely not. It might appear that way with all these new technologies. It really might appear that way. But definitely not because people need to feel that connection. So if you're dealing with a business that is technical, then you may never, ever need to pick up the phone. You may never, ever need to have that human interaction. However, if you're dealing with people, then you absolutely do need to pick up the phone and develop those conversations and the cold calls don't stay cold, as we just said. They turn warm. So it's definitely not going anywhere. It's a means of follow-up. It's a means of checking in. So I group it in as a sales call, not just a cold one. So cold, warm, follow-up. I group it all in one category, right? People need Absolutely. that human interaction. Yeah. No, I love what you're saying. And I totally agree with you. I, I think, you know, and COVID just made everything worse right? Because that, the whole value of connection got really diluted, really, like we were starving for attention, for connection, for conversations, uh, because we're all stuck at home, like not doing our normal daily bread, so to speak. So the connection will always have value. I totally agree. And I love that, you know, cold calling, and, and it turns into a sales call, warm calling, as you said, uh, we have control over that. We can, we, can, we can put enough effort into it to get some type of um, sustained impact or result from it. So, I, I, you know, marketing programs, you can spend, you know, literally hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to, to, to you know, bring, make your phone ring, right? And you have no control whether people read mm-hmm. it, like it, want it, respond to it. Uh, it. Does it resonate with them? Will it help their business pain? Is it... Or have you missed a mark? Meanwhile, you're spending all of this money trying to create demand when, guess what? Someone like Nicole can come into the company and not just feed them fish, teach them how to fish to, to, to do that on a regular basis and have control of your prospecting. I, I love what you said that cold calling is not dead and maybe never been more alive than it is now, given the, the blurriness of technology out there. 
clearly. And also, I, I would also like to add to that, you know, you know, you just said people are spending hundreds and thousands of dollars on marketing, right? But are they actually doing their market research? So that's a big element that goes hand in hand with these sales calls. So that you're not just calling the wrong group of people. You're not wasting your time. So this is where it goes hand in hand with the cold calls. To really hone in. Oh, oh, Nicole, you nailed it. It's such an important step and so easily overlooked. So many people get out there loud and proud with their marketing campaigns and it's really spray and pray. It's like, I hope someone mm-hmm. likes what we said and give, a, and give us a call. Check out our website. You know, listen to our, 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 our you know, our stuff on Twitter, whatever the, the platform. But where's the research? How are we aiming at the right audience, right? And quite often, you know, most marketing programs and campaigns don't spend enough time, effort, and money on that critical first step, like you're saying. And any call-out campaign any you know, you know, sales campaign that, that, that we pick up the phone and go to them, that's, got, that's, ground, that's ground zero, right? We have to establish who are we going after? Who are we going to want to talk to? What's our value proposition? What would make them want to go, okay, I'll give you a meeting, right? So that, that, those early things have got to be done first. I totally agree with you, Nicole, for sure. Yeah, for sure, because I've seen it. I've seen where, you know, it's garbage in, garbage out. Right, you know, we we do lead gen uh, here at Prospect to Win, and so yeah. if we're making calls, and you know, company ABC does, has not done any market research, they're expecting things that are not realistic based on, you know, it's like flipping a coin. They have no idea, right? Yeah. You can be very effective on the phone. You can have a very good script. You can have you can do all the things right, but. If you're targeting the right or the wrong audience, then what's the point of doing all the right things? So there's so many elements at play here, and I just wanted to reiterate that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I so agree. It, it's it's such a missed first step, right? To just get out there and hit the road running and just keep going. Oh, if you make a thousand more calls, maybe someone will say hello. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Maybe if we did a little, you know, had a huddle before we went up to the line of scrimmage and, 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 and hucked the ball, like, what's our playbook? Where, where are we trying to get to? Uh, who are we Who are we up against? You know, what is the ideal customer? Like, like all of those things happen. Mm-hmm. And what's the right persona who we want to talk to? I mean, quite often we forget about the person or the position. We just go after, yeah, go get those companies. That's a great segment. Yeah, let's go there. But, well, who and how? I mean, we, those critical early steps, as you're pointing out, Nicole, are, are so overlooked and missed many times. So yes. I, I, I've got a number of programs that I do with a number of my clients uh, around cold calling, and you and I share a passion for this, which is great to speak to a like-minded individual. Um, when, in your opinion now, Nicole, when is the mm-hmm. very best time of the day to make those cold calls to convert them into warm calls. What, what from a clock standpoint? When is the best time? Well, you know, it's funny you ask that because I have been told first thing in the morning when you know executives first come into the office, and I've also been told towards the end of the day when everybody leaves the office, then you can reach those executives. It can happen, but my feeling is 
there is no specific time. My feeling is just do it. There is no specific time because the majority of the time you're going to get voicemail, right? So you're really playing the voicemail game, the voicemail numbers game, I should call it. So in my opinion, and everyone comes at this from a very different angle. Some people would swear by never leaving voicemails. I swear by leaving voicemails. Um, I think there is no special time. I think it's all about having a target for yourself for the week, for the month, whatever you're doing and sticking to that target regardless of when they are being made, regardless of when the calls are being made. And I would also add, if you want to really narrow it down, off season is a great time, right? When nobody else is making calls. So off season. So, um, you know, if you have a business that runs from, I don't know, for the summer months, then you might want to call in the winter. Or if, you know, the holidays are coming up and everybody's off going away doing their thing, you might want to make calls then because nobody else is doing it. That would be the only little add-on, I would say. Otherwise, just stick to the numbers and don't worry about the time of day. I love what you said. And so I, I, it's, all, it's Nike's slogan, just do it, right? <laughs> just do it. Yeah. And do it, as you're saying, Nicole, do it consistently, right? And I, I agree with you. Leaving a voicemail, failure to do that, you're, you're, you're leaving a branding opportunity behind and off the table. Because when mm-hmm. you get to leave a voicemail... You can leave a compelling reason why you've called and what they may benefit from your service with. So if you don't leave a voicemail, you've actually wasted the dial, right? Don't waste the dial. And people will call you back. People will call you back. And when you call again, recognition, right? Brand recognition. You call back. I called you last week. I just want to see if I get through you this week. Oh, yeah, you're Nicole, right, from Prospect to Win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? So people, yeah, exactly. And you send an email, follow up, which is also a, a good best practice for, for follow up on the top of the, the pipeline activity, um, your name will be there again, right? So leaving a voicemail is good. I, in my voicemails, I like to suggest that if I don't hear from you in a few days, Uh, I've made a note to call you again because I believe there's something we can do that would help each other here. Uh, Have have yourself a good day, right? So I I still, I always say own the next step. As a salesperson, always own the next step. Don't leave it. Hope is not a strategy, right? So Mm -hmm. I keep control of what I'm going to do, but I tell them I'm going to fall. I I had one one record was uh, I had 14 unanswered uh, cold calls back in my earlier days in sales. Finally, I got through to this, you know, this was a CEO, a decision maker. I said, wow, you are the most persistent human being I, I've ever encountered <laughs> in my business life. What mm-hmm. would it take for me, for you to stop calling me? And I said, buy something. <laughs> <laughs> if you buy something, I, I will leave you alone. But you know, right, like, right. you're on my list. You're staying on my list till I get to help you. Right. So that right. Pretty, we all have a record. I'm sure all of us in sales have one of those records that, you know, how long did it take to open that door? Um, so I, I agree with you on the, on the voicemail thing, Nicole, big time. It's a branding opportunity. Don't miss it. You're leaving money on the table. If you do, that's, that's, that's for certain. And I like what you said about off season. I really do. I mean, it can be an advantage. Like after U.S. Thanksgiving, what happens? Well, 
you go turkey to turkey. You got to wait for Christmas. Not a lot does mm-hmm. happen. So the competition is no longer, you know, chasing them down. It, they're more free. And there might be some of the support staff, admin staff, already out for holidays. You might have a better chance of getting through to the decision makers during those, those off-season peaks. So really like what you had to say there. Great advice for the listener, Nicole. So let me ask you one more question. There's so much. I mean, you're, you've got so much uh, wisdom and experience that it's, I love it. Um, what else, in your opinion, like what else matters when it comes to to, to business to business selling, Nicole? What else really is, is huge for everyone? Really, at the end of the day, is the engagement and the impression, the first impression that you leave, and obviously offering something very valuable and feeling confident in what it is that you're selling. So if you love what you're selling, whatever it is, if you run your own business, if you're working for an organization, you believe in what it is that you're selling, the product, then it really shows. But if you're just doing it because you've got a manager on your back to achieve a certain number (laughs) by the end of the month or quarter, then that's going to show as well. So it's really being passionate about what it is that you're selling and what it is that you do, and it comes through in your presentation skills. So all of that really comes together naturally when you love what you do. When you don't, it will show. Totally. Oh, I love what you said. Mindset, having a passion for what it is you do and how you get to help people, help organizations, that comes through in a second. You could, you could have a 10-second conversation, and if you love what you do and do what you love, people know it. They feel it. If you're just mm-hmm. picking up the phone, dialing, going through the script, okay, hang up, hang up. Like, yeah, people get that too, right? So there's a, a, a good way to do it. There's a way to do it with your heart, I guess, and a way to do it with your mind. If you do it with your heart, I think better results happen. I like what you said about engagement, uh, making that first impression, you know, put the value proposition first, first and foremost, and do it with some confidence. Because, you know, confidence is an attractive trait. You put confidence and competence together, that those are two very strong forces that are hard to compete against. But we don't want to be overconfident, right? Because all of a sudden, that's no longer attractive. That's called arrogance. And so... And a huge ego as well. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right, yeah. Nicole. You're so right. Ego could be our enemy. When we're, you know, we, we overlove our product. We have to be careful with that. No, for sure. Hey, listen, Nicole, thank you so much. Before we let you go, I know you scratched many heads of the audience out there today. Um, how can uh, the listeners get a hold of you? How could they reach out to you, Nicole, and say, hey, hey, Nicole, heard your podcast, uh, interested in what you, what you do, how you can help companies. I've helped so many before. Uh, how can they best do that? Well, there's a few ways. Um, they can find me on uh, YouTube, which is Prospect to Win. So Prospect, the number two, win. Um, and, or they can go on to the website, Prospect to Win. And or they can find me on LinkedIn, either on Prospect to Win or Nicole Adius. That's fantastic. Again, Nicole, before we let you go, on behalf of all the listeners today, thank you for taking the time and sharing your fabulous wisdom. Greatly appreciate it. Lots of fun. Thank you. And thank you all for listening to Confessions of a Sales Pro. If you have found this episode informative and helpful, we would be honored and appreciative 
if you would share this podcast with other great salespeople like yourself. And we look forward to you joining us for all new episodes weekly, every Thursday. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. If you'd like us to help you grow your sales commissions, visit us at salesmentoryou.com. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons. More wins. With Ian Selby.